Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, regular listeners, you may have spotted that we've changed our name. It's now Honey & Co. The Food Sessions. So if you hear this sound, it's just us making dinner. Well, that and the fact that we're not allowed to use our old title anymore. It's just been a bit of a thing, but don't worry about it. We hope you enjoy the show. Hi, thank you so much for downloading our podcast, The Honey and Co. My name is Itamar Sulovich. Me and my wife have some restaurants in Fitrovia and a couple of cookbooks. Ever since we opened our restaurant, we've been meeting so many incredible people who are cooking, who are making food, who are writing about food. And we just want to have a little bit more time with them. We invite our favorite people once a month or twice a month to our deli, Honey and Spice. And we sit down and have a longer chat. We cook from their books or from their culture. And this is a recording of these talks. I hope you enjoy it. We fell in love with our guest tonight watching her on TV on the Marigold Hotel. Rosemary Schrager has been a TV personality, a writer of cookbooks, and a teacher of cookery for so many years. It is a pleasure to hear her thoughts on food. Hello, everyone. Uh, I'm very, very pleased to welcome Rosemary Schrager, writer of cookbooks, TV personality, teacher, owner, kind of general, general food passion person, I think. I think we... Got to know you better, let's say, on TV, which is kind of a strange <laughs> way to, to, to meet someone, really. But um, we saw you on Marigold Hotel, mm-hmm. and we just fell in love with you because it was you were so real. And I, I said this to you just before, but it's quite hard on TV. I think people come across quite fake and everything like that, whereas you, your passion for food was obvious. Your passion for like getting involved and stuck in was obvious, and I think that's amazing. We kept watching the show, and we just said... Like, she is so cool. You know, to stay with so much passion for, for the business and for, like, seeing new things and everything like that. This new book is great, Cookery School. Really, it's kind of very honest, isn't it? I think, what, what, how did this come about? People who know me already know that I'm, I am passionate about a, a food, as you all know. Um, I, I love what I do. I'm in love with my job. I, I'm the luckiest person in the world. Uh, it's very hard, but... Food, writing a cookbook is not an easy thing to do because I've never found it easy because I think the one thing you put is your heart in the paper of what you want. You're doing what you enjoy. That is the most important thing. Food, I think, 
I know it's going to sound crazy, but you can always tell on a plate when somebody does it with love. Uh, I don't want to sound corny, but it's true. People have a passion about it, and it sings from a plate. And I think the thing about cooking is you've got to be honest about your food. You've got to be honest with everything. And I've probably, I've, my books have tended to be a little complicated at times. Maybe, you know, my first, the first ones, the recipes are quite, uh, because I'd never done it. And I did it on my own. It was all, but it was lovely. I loved it. It's one of my favourite books we were saying earlier, Castle Cook, those who have one, um, which are very, very, very special. But for me, I think this particular book, it was going back to basics, but not in a patronising way. I did it in a way where I felt people were genuinely learning how to cook in a progression. Because when we talk about the egg, you know, we've always talked about the egg. We can go, we can go to anything, chicken. But the thing is, no, no question is too silly. No, nothing is too, nothing is too uh, stupid in the sense, whatever the question is, it is the right question, and you give the answer. I'll never forget, I went to um, a cookery school about 20 years ago in Italy, and to try to sort of learn about polenta and pasta and all this stuff. I mean, I knew how to do it, but I thought, let's go to the source, let's go and see what they really do. And I went to this cookery school, I'll never forget, called Capizana, and... I actually said, could they show me? Because they were famous for their polenta. Really famous. And they were just brilliant. I said, could they show me how to do it? They said, no. (laughs) I was it, full stop, no. (laughs) So, uh, you know, I thought, right, that'll tell me if ever I have a cookery school. That's (laughs) going to be the answer. answer. (laughs) Yes, I would say, yes, I will show you. Of course I'll show you. So I try to make people feel comfortable with the simplest of things. Now... What I've done, I've done that in this particular book, because the other thing that people don't do, and I'm a culprit too, you do the recipe, you look at the recipe. I mean, I look at the ingredients and I can probably tell how it's done by just looking at the ingredients. You don't, I don't have to look at the method. But people do have to look at the method. You have to read, read it through. But the important thing is actually if you take, if you take the book, if you take that, and if you, if you can just read the beginning, the introduction as well. So what I did was I've given lots of little tips, and the introduction is only two pages. That's all it is. So it's very quick. So what I've tried to do is keep it incredibly simple, and then by the end of it, the transition, you should be able to do it better. With now, lots of tips of how to do it better. Tips are very important. Yeah. Tips are what it's all about, because you can't always... You, I can put it in a book, but you can't always describe what it's about, you know, because we were talking about a tip earlier. Uh, what was it? I was talking about the... About seasoning uh, when stuff seasoning is hot. Seasoning when like, stuff is very hot. We were talking about the vegetables. Now, I came across this many, many years ago when, when I was doing vegetables. I put the olive oil in the vegetables while they were very, very hot. Uh, what happened was the olive oil absorbed... The season took in, and whatever flavour I put into it, whether it's herbs, whether it's garlic, whether it's pepper, it took on the flavour much more intensely. So when it cooled down, it was a taste, should be a taste to die for. It should be absolutely uh, special. It has that edge, and that's the thing. You try to give an edge, like you're making my chicken potato pie, which, of course, is the best in the world. Um, (laughs) So, of course... So it's actually having, and the, the edge is you cook the potatoes off finely, but then you have to season because, pota- because 
Potatoes absorb salt very easily. It takes it on and it can become very bland very quickly if you don't put the right amount of seasoning. So I say to people, when you do something like that, it's got to be a little bit salty. Because what happens is, during cooking, the dilution, because we're going to dilute it with pouring some cream in, of course, if you're not pouring cream, then you rethink it a little bit, but not much, because that absorbs, it absorbs it, and it becomes something that is really good, but then something which is utterly delicious. And that is crossing the line into something which is a little bit more out of the ordinary, but tastes better than just ordinary. And that's what we're looking for. We're looking for excellence. And excellence is not easy. Excellence comes through practice and knowing what you're doing, knowing what it's all about. But I find that really exciting. And I find seasonality exciting. I find things that happen absolutely You can't compare when the asparagus comes up, when the new potatoes come up, when the mushrooms come up, when everything's there. My God, if you get it at that moment, that is exciting. And that is getting the best flavour out of it. And the other thing you'll see in the book, I've tried to keep it really simple in terms of how you cook it. So when you look at the ingredients, the ingredients are... There's nothing in there that's extraordinary. You can get it anywhere. Also, it's very high on vegetables. It's very high on vegetables. Very high. It's a in fact that you're absolutely right. You've had a good look at it. Mm -hmm. The vegetable chapter (laughs) is and the salad. Good. I'm very glad. The vegetable chapter and the salad chapter is massive. Yes, it's the biggest chapter because I feel that vegetables are incredibly important today. We don't need as much protein as we did have. We do not need that anymore because we've always had lumps of meat, lumps of... Don't get me wrong, I'm a carnivore. I love my protein. I love it all. But what is important is that you also need your vegetables too. So you have the whole thing, the vegetables, the protein, and you have enough. It's a balanced diet, and that is incredibly important. And in this book, I've really tried to do that. So what I've done is, it's the easy transition into learning how to do things the right way. Now, how to do a roast, or how to do, why do you do it? I mean, how to, what temperature should it be? Now, I'm going to say something really simple. Just going back to eggs, I don't want to hark on eggs, because everybody's bought eggs, but if you have an egg that's 45 grams, and you've got an egg that's 80 grams, I'm sorry, the difference is going to be enormous, and it makes a massive difference, and nobody's really done that before. Delia did how to boil an egg and how to do all this, but I've actually, when I've taken that step further... In making it work is better. And the other thing I've done, because I think this is incredibly important, are thermometers, meat thermometers. Now, the times that people, ovens are variable. You cannot tell, you can tell somebody prox, always a prox. But then I think having a meat thermometer and knowing what a piece of beef should be, so it's rare at 50, it's blur, a blur, walking out of the door 45, <laughs> but it's sort of then 55, then between 55 and 60, it's pink, pink rare. And then from 65, 60 to 65, it's then beginning to get sort of cooked and just pink. So you have to know the temperature. So if you put it into your beef and you know the temperature of the beef, my God, it takes all the stress out of everything. So you know what to do. Something that's long, slow cooked, that's different. But something like roast bit of lamb, a chicken or whatever, you just shove the thermometer in. So I'm, I'm a person who says, have a thermometer, do it. Because it's really, it helps. It's really, really important. It takes the stress out of cooking roasts, I think. But then I can give you an approximate and do it and do that. But the other thing you have to remember, 
when you're cooking, for instance, tip, a piece of meat. So if you've got a, a lovely piece of sirloin, which is, you know, just a kilo, but then you've got a, a two kilo piece of sirloin. The temperature is variable because it then has to come down because it can't be for exactly the same time because if it is, you're going to slightly overcook it. So you need to think about the variable times. And the fact is, once the heat penetrates into the middle, you've got that piece of meat. That meat has gone taken on its bit. Yeah. So you're going to push it. So you just need to regulate it and see. So you need to understand. And that's why the thermometer is so blooming useful. The ability to explain this to someone else, to, to explain what you should be looking for what are the best ways to use it to use these kind of thermometers and stuff like that this is the strength of a book like this and the strength of also running a cookery school i believe mm, can mm. you tell me a bit about the cookery well, school yeah because i i i feel very strongly about everybody can cook now okay you might not be able to do a feuille or whatever you know you might not be able to do something incredibly technical but anybody can do a grilled, a big grilled Dover sole or lemon sole or whatever. Anybody can do a chop. But what I try to do is, I try to teach them how to do the protein or whatever I'm doing or marinate it or how I do it. But then it's all about the accompaniments and what you put it with, how to make a sauce. Sauces are so important. Sauces make or break a dish. So you need to you need to really look at that, and it's all. I, I'm a place. I am an advocate, and I do say on a rainy day, if you can get some field bones, I would shove some in the freezer. Then when you if you or some beef bones, when you have a day off, do make yourself a stock. There's no harm because they're not doing anything else. Just have it on the top because it does make a difference. I never season a stock. I never season until the end product. I never season, and also chicken stocks as well, and things like this. I just cook them so I've got the flavour of the stock and then I do the reduction so sauces make or break flavours and things like this which is what I try to do in the cookery school it's actually teach people to think for themselves and not they can take a book and they can take my book and they can see the book as a guideline but not as written in gold because in print that is it that's like if you can't get that Get something else. Yeah. Don't be rigid. Enjoy yourself because food is all about enjoyment. And food is really important that you, 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 know, you can actually go for it and go for the seasonality. So in the chapter, I've said, you know, if you do something else, make it up. But then you can use the vinaigrette that's there, for instance, which is delicious, which can be done all over the usual things. So you can really work at the... Um, flavorings it's to do with flavor flavor is so important and if you've got the right flavor what you have to do you have to you have to literally take on the flavor and understand what the flavor is what you're trying to achieve and once you understand what you're trying to achieve you will get to the other end you almost have to visualize a picture in your mind actually what it's going to look like and how I actually do things actually I draw pictures your training is quite classical actually the food like yeah. Pierre Kaufman like this is yeah. quite classical kind that, of. <laughs> so this so tell me how, how... no it's because I went to our college and I love art so I visualize the thing is I'm so dyslexic anyway but I visualize everything everything right. I do literally and so for me, I see, I see the whole thing and I would visualise whatever I want to achieve. And that's really important. And for the first time, I've, known, I've been known to go back to do a specific book. And actually, when I saw the photographs, 
I couldn't believe what they had achieved, what they'd done. I went back and they had to actually, I had to go, not this one, another one, but I yeah. had to go reshoot the whole chapter. Because it wasn't what Because it just wasn't. But the recipes were, perf were perfect. But I just had to reshoot it because it was just not me. So it was like, and, and you know, it was obviously my fault because I didn't do it properly because with them, I should have sent them photographs because I totally take responsibility. But I could not let it yeah. go out the way it mm. was. But actually, these photographs are lovely. And when I went to the shoot, I went to the shoot, I think it was a couple of times, because yeah. they don't like me there, because I interfere <laughs> too much. Because you get in the way. <laughs> so I just get in the way, totally get in the way. And so, um, and everything, everything... Looked like you wanted. Uh, it was exactly. I didn't. They, she just. Well, I went through it. But that's also uh, about finding the right person sometimes, yeah, isn't she, it? Like yeah, the, the yeah, person that understands right. your sensibilities oh, yeah. or stuff like she, that. She, but you know what? I'm especially proud about. I'm especially proud about my four bird roast. Now I have to tell you this. Every book I've tried to do, I've tried to put it in, and nobody's allowed me. <laughs> <laughs> For the first time, E.B. Press said, yes, I could put it in. A bird Thank in a bird. God. In a bird. <laughs> because they thought it'd be far too difficult. Now, they don't realise it's the simplest thing in the world to do a four-bird roast. And it's, it's one of the, all you do is, you ask your butcher, you don't have to, I bone it out, but you ask your butcher to bone out the carcass, take it all off, and you've got yourself a great big flat, flat piece of chicken, you know, with everything out. And I keep the drumsticks on, that's all I do. Take the thighs off, obviously take the wings off, but you've got the drumsticks. All you do is, and people can just buy it, duck breasts, partridge breasts, um, but all you need to do is make the stuffing. So what you do is, I would bone out the stuff because I like the pheasant thigh parts, you know, not the drumstick, obviously, but the pheasant pie. And what I would do is, I would just literally layer it, bit by bit, seasoned, layer, bit of stuffing, then a different stuffing. I do two different stuffings there. there. And then it's like a great big waistcoat. You bring it up <laughs> and you then sew it, literally just sew it up. And you need two people to do this just to hold it. Um, and then I literally would just Get take... like a clamp. Just you know, in a take <laughs> string around it. Just take string around it. Just tie it all up, just about five pieces. Then turn it over, because the string, because it's quite heavy. Yeah. And then you bring the drumsticks together, but then you bring it up together so it really looks big. And then you literally, you're ready, you know, leave it in the fridge. You must let it rest because it's played around, so the protein has to rest for about uh, 12 hours. So you just let it rest or put it in the freezer or whatever. If it's, everything's fresh, you can freeze and take it out two days before, before you Christmas. Actually, yes. <laughs> um, and then you just roast it. And the, but the beautiful thing about this one, so I normally do about five, but I've put four. They didn't let me do five. <laughs> they put five, four birds. But what I do is I cut it down the centre, turn the inside that way, yeah. and then slice it. So easy. And then on Boxing Day, you've got a terrine type thing. I mean, what can be nicer? How did we not cook this tonight? I don't know. With, well, it's crazy. I, I mean, yeah, it's crazy. Because I was, I actually, we cooked pork tonight. And I was saying to Rosemary before that we very rarely cook pork. So I was so excited because there's a, a pulled pork and cider and stuff. And we don't because in none of the restaurants, it's not Middle Eastern pork. So you never cook it. So we were like, yeah, let's cook that because that's quite nice. So that's why we didn't do birds. But it was cool. It's, know, kind of it's nice for us to. Guess what we're doing this weekend. <laughs> 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 yeah, just straight and foul. Well, and actually, it's called a fur bird. No, it's called a four, four bird roast. But the real name is an angustrated fowl. Don't you think that's a fabulous name? A what? Ang angustrated fowl. Oh my god, I don't like that name at all. I like turducken. <laughs> well, this is the Australian way no, for it. I'll tell, it, it, I tell you something. It was so funny. I'll tell you a little story. I taught somebody somewhere from, from the north of England, actually. And she said, 
she was with me for about five days in the cookery school and she said the most awful thing I've still got the letter she was walking in the park with her dog and the dog rolled over and she found herself deboning the dog <laughs> literally boning the dog I used to do that in college I mean, you kind of think about pigeons in, yeah. in, uh, in the street you start like you don't actually do it, you just think you know, you think, <laughs> I got them to bone a rabbit, that was why. You know, I got to join to rabbit, I should say, you know, and do yeah. all that. But anyway, but it's all cool. The thing she, is she's looking at you guys now. <laughs> Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The, the book is very, very approachable, yes. actually. Like, very, very user-friendly and everything kind of... Yeah. And, you know, when cooking, it's easy to cook. Yeah. Like, it's, so it's, it's very doable. But, but it's nice because it takes you back to those, to a few of those classics, especially in flavors. Like, we did a carrot and tarragon yeah. salad, which is I'm such so a nice thing to do. That, the flavors work so well together. Yes. And again, seasoning when the carrots are just blanched and hot and you get all the flavors in and it... Oh, well, hopefully you'll enjoy it oh, later I, when you have it. You know, I even love my little beetroots and, you know... Because, yes. you see, I keep, I actually keep all the roots on. I keep everything on. I'm a person who likes root skins. <laughs> yeah. I, I keep everything. Whenever I cook with um, onions, I'm you know in sauces. I'm I never take skins off. Why flavors in skins? There is quite a lot. It's of flavor. it's delicious. So why you, bother? You can ask about the school, please. What is it that you find people are most 
you know, when they come to you, what, what is the, like, the one lesson that you say, if you've taken one thing, this is it? One of the most important things to learn is actually about flavor and actually learning. You don't have to, you don't have to kill things. You learn to hold back and you learn not to play with food. The thing about food is, when you cook food, you leave the food to, you leave the food to do its job. What people are surprised about, because they always move food around, always, always playing with food. Everybody plays with food. You don't touch food. When you cook it, you just let it do its thing. If you're serious, you let it do its thing. I think people, uh, first thing, I have to teach them how to, how to um, sharpen, sharpen a knife. A knife yeah. You know, and that's very important. But I think it's to, do with co- it's to do with confidence. And what I try to do is, I try to give people confidence. So when they leave there, I mean, if they're coming for a day, it's difficult to take on. But actually, they realise that how important it is. They learn things that actually, it's not as difficult as that they thought it was going to be. Because the one thing, I'm going to tell you, the one thing that is really scary for people who come on a cookery course is it's scary. They're scared. They're frightened. They're, I don't know what it is, but people are terrified when they go on a cookery course. Terrified. Well, people don't like being judged, no? I think it's a... That's one of the things. And I, what I do is I immediately put the mirror at their ears and I said, don't worry about a thing. We'll all be all right, the song goes. <laughs> and so consequently, literally... Do not worry about one thing. I've got chefs all going round the place, so there's loads of people there. So, As I said to you at the beginning, no question is too small. So I try to make people feel really comfortable. And to answer your question, I think I try to give people the confidence because they're scared. They're scared of doing fish. They're scared. If fish courses, people are terrified of doing fish. People say, invariably, they don't like something. Like, for instance, at the weekend. I was doing I was doing some beef. I was believe it or not, I'd never done this before. I actually said this was a British course and I said, Okay, I'm gonna show you how to make a roast dinner. Now, you may think this is simple. I mean what a stupid thing to go on a cookery course to. But actually they could not believe the intricacy that they learned how to do this roast dinner from Yorkshire puddings, but knowing how to do everything properly, knowing how to do all the timings, knowing how to do all the vegetables. Mm-hmm. And it was the giving them the confidence. Not one person, I had 16 people, not one person said that actually, you know, we've come to roast. Actually, no. no You've actually that's... come to find out how it could be done. Like confit of red cabbage, how to make a proper red cabbage. How Not one person had done that. Not one person had done anything like that. So actually what, what had happened was we had elevated their food to a different level. And that is really important. And they could go home and do this and have something completely different to what, what they'd normally have. Yeah. Not one person said it was like their roast dinner at home. Now, you know, we did a really trendy crumble and all that stuff and you know but it, we made it simple so to to really answer your question it is to give them confidence to elevate their food up but actually to learn to how to get the flavors and learn when to stop that's I think that, that's, a, that's so important I think people miss that a lot more things <laughs> yeah it's learning when to stop and actually it's being clever it's knowing not to do any more because that's it And that's what I tried to teach them. I tried to teach them about knowing, 
Just give them confidence, know when to stop, but knowing when to season, knowing how important flavours are. And just, and I promise you, by the time people leave, even for the one day, although, you, as I said, you can't, you know, change their life, but they come back over and over again because they want more, because it's, it's, it's suddenly realised they want to learn more. Yeah. Which is lovely, which is what it's all about. So... I don't complicate things. I'm going to show you. I want to come and do it. I a, want a to. Yes, well, you can come. <laughs> you just want to eat the roast. No, do you know what? <laughs> I, I, come back with the I chefs. Want do, like, I want to do um, English breakfast course because I can never get it right. Oh, seriously? This is so. Complex. This is one you should do because it's about time. It's like you say with the roast. It's about timings and getting yeah. it all it's hot all and delicious at the food, same time. Food, food, that's key. Food is only about timing. Yeah. In the, well, in the end of the day, if you're a chef or if you're a cook. It's all about getting it right at the right moment so it's hot. That's what's important. It is, it's, it's <laughs> tricky, but actually I do it. It's second nature to me. But to somebody else, oh, what's this? What was going on? And so it could be very tricky. And it's not an easy thing to do. And I think I've known people actually just to uh, just do some meat, but for forgotten to do all the vegetables. <laughs> oh, there's suddenly some vegetables to do. But actually, just also to answer your question, I want to answer this question. I, in this book, now, what I've done is I've done things like flat iron steak, um, leg mutton, um, beef, and things like this. I've put it all in because, but also, I've, I've done little things. Now, people always, you'd be surprised, and I know all of you know about it, where a wishbone is on a chicken. Now, so what I did, people do ask, so I've done little drawings, very simple, this is how simple, of where things are on the chicken. Now, I know that's ridiculous, but actually, to a lot of people, that's really important. How, how did this start? How did you end up on TV? Well, 25 years ago it started. I've been on TV a lot. Well, it was, it was Granada Lifetime and Food and Drink. And then when I, I was the troubleshooting chef, I used to go round with my chef's skirt. I don't know if anybody remembers me wearing my chef's skirts. Does anybody remember my... And I was the only chef in this country who had chef's skirts on all the time. For Basil Productions called me in and said to me, um, I, they would like to put me forward to BBC Two mm-hmm. uh, to do my programme. Now, just imagine if I'd accepted that, how famous I'd be today. Mm-hmm. Just imagine it. Mm-hmm. I know, I know. But I was the best kept secret. You know why? Because I went with somebody called Michael Atwell at Channel 5, which nobody, nobody. had Channel 5. <laughs> and of course, nobody, only two people, even I didn't have Channel 5. And of course, but I was a bit concerned that I wouldn't be good enough. So I thought, well, Basil Production, I, I actually, um, and Michael Atwell gave me a primetime 8 o'clock series on Channel 5. I should have thought more about it, but never mind. Um, <laughs> Channel 5, and also they said I could choose the production company. I could do anything I liked. That's, you know, I that's shed, okay. And they that's... paid me shed, the, shed loaves of money. Uh, but the problem was, the problem was that actually they had to sell me into BBC Two, but they probably would have done because, you know. But I have to tell you, I was so nervous and I couldn't talk then. Really? You just like... <laughs> I actually couldn't talk. I couldn't open my mouth. And I was so nervous, I would literally shake. Anyway, times have changed. How did so, you get over that? Yeah. No, but how, uh, how do you change that? So That's quite a big thing to change. Well, yes, I mean, it did, I did change because confidence. I didn't have confidence then. So consequently, so what I did was, for years I did, I was the best kept secret. I was primetime <laughs> Channel 5, Rosemary on the Road, Rosemary Castle Cook, Rosemary Queen of the Kitchen, and then I would do all this other stuff. Then the Food Network, then I'd do, goodness sake, I'd do loads of different stuff. I did ITV Nosh, I did 
all sorts of things, before anybody knew me. And then, of course, suddenly, years and years later, I do Ladettes to Lady, and suddenly everybody knows me. Yeah. And of course, and they say, you've started this, how do you feel about being in television? But I've been in television forever, <laughs> for years, the last ten years. So and you course, enjoy TV work? It's different, a, isn't it? I am a performer. I wanted to be an actress when I was really? younger. Oh, yeah, I love an audience. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. When I get up, when I get up, I shine. I know, I love, no, genuinely, this is not being big-headed or ego. It's just I love performing. When I was a child, I used to, um, I used to put on plays and guess, you know, I was always the one doing this. and Oh, I was always in front of people saying, I want to put this play on, or I was doing something. I, I just wanted to be in, but... I never quite made it. Well, you have. What do you mean you haven't? You, you've completely made it. But is yeah. it weird because the Marigold Hotel was huge as well? Well, I have to tell you, I've done eight now. And I must say that um, I, I feel the luckiest woman in the whole world. Mm -hmm. um, I think I've gone to places I would never have dreamt I would ever visit. I've got a new lease of life. It is, it is like it's given me... So much confidence, actually. I mean, I have before I went there, but it's 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 opened my mind up even more. You know, I'm be, I'm pretty broad-minded yeah. and I'm pretty open-minded. And you know, I was used to traveling. We lived in South Africa for two years. I I've, I've been around. I've all around Europe and America. I've worked in America, and I've done all that. But to actually do that, it was it was being with people. I never. thought... Yeah, mind you. But I was at boarding school. I was used to people. So that was no hassle for me. And uh, I've made some really close friends because of it. And um, I just feel I'm incredibly lucky for that. We're very but I, But what <laughs> well, I tell you, like, like I so tell you, fun. but I put my heart and soul in the program for them because I realise when we get to these destinations, we really do work hard. We start filming immediately. We have no time off. There's honestly no time to even buy things. You know, but I don't mind because I feel you're, you're there, you have the opportunity to go to places, to see people. We have to do three things a day. Imagine that, three things a day. And they can be quite big things, you know. They can be pretty over the top. So I actually feel, for me, I feel that I just embrace it all for them. I just let myself go. I must tell you, a little bit of in, in the new one, I had a real epiphany, a really out of sort of, out-of-body situation. Are you and, allowed to tell us where the new one is? Well, it, it, was, actually, it was actually in Mexico, but I can't tell you what it was, but it, it shocked me. I wasn't ready for it. But I, I decided, I said to the producer, I said, look, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it properly. I'm going to go in for it, because I think you're stupid if you don't. It's like when I did Celebrity Get Me Out of Here. I thought, I'm going in there. I'm just going to be myself and embrace every situation, yeah. literally. Just go for it, because... I'm just going to enjoy myself, and people don't like it. <laughs> they lump it. <laughs> but, you know, I'm just myself. So I try to... Because they've, they've put their faith in you that you will deliver. Yeah. And also... And I feel very strongly about something. I see a lot of people, and people say, like, I go to a lot of shows, I go to a lot of, like, the Cake and Bake, Ideal Home, you name it, I go to it. People come up to me, and they say, and in the streets, or they sort of ask me, can I have selfies? And... And they said, well, don't you ever get sick of it? Do you know, not once, not once, I would ever say no to anyone because they are, they have they've put me where I am today. Yeah. It's as simple as that. Because they tuned in to me, I, I'm having a great life. That's yeah. why. So 
I work hard. I work seven days a week. I work really hard. I love what I do. You couldn't pay for what I do because I, you know, I do work really hard. But like everybody, though, but I also think I'm very lucky to do what, you know, to go abroad and do Marigold on tour. So I try to give my, I try to embrace it. I try to do everything that is asked of me. I think that comes across really yes, well. I think, yes. like I said at the beginning, you seem extremely genuine on it. Mm. I think that's mm. lovely because it, mm. a lot of TV does not seem very genuine. So I mm. think that's quite nice. You know, talking about shows, yes. guess where I've been? Star Trek convention. <laughs> oh, how cool is that? Oh, my God. I loved it. <laughs> were you a Trekkie? Did you have like, no, the No, do you know what? I decided, I met all these famous people. I didn't know who they were because I don't watch Star Trek. But I met, I met all these famous people and they were charging £60 for a blooming autograph. So I thought, well, next year, if I go, I could put my photograph up there because so many people stopped me for photographs and autographs. I thought I could charge people. Just charge <laughs> so I, actually, I felt very comfortable. Nice. <laughs> I felt... Well, obviously, I'm as bonkers as they are, <laughs> so that's quite cool. I feel this is this is in my environment. Yeah, I'm obviously a trekking. When you see, I've got a BBC um, came because I've got an edible garden. Oh, nice. I only grow things that you can eat. Even the paths are uh, cinnamon, ground cinnamon. Really? There. Oh yes. What I've done is I've put on the side of the paths um, crushed. Cinnamon bark, cassia, yeah. which is unbelievable. So when it rains, it smells like Christmas. Oh, nice. So, of course, I have things like I have banana trees, I have olive trees, I have, I have I, Japanese um, teas, you know, I have tea, artisan teas, I have ordinary tea plants, you know, the common tea plant. I have um, everything is either beverage or food. Simple. Even I call my, my grandchildren thing is terribly funny because I have lots of fuchsias because we eat the berries. The cher- I call them my pipless cherries from the fuchsias because they're behind really? the... Well, behind the fuchsia, there's yeah. the berry. Once the fuchsia comes off, the berry grows. You take the berry off once it's, uh, once it's really ripe and you yeah. just eat it. It's got no pips in it. It's delicious. Really? Yeah, See, yeah. I didn't it's know delicious. It's delicious. Absolutely yummy. See, you learn something every day, guys. Yeah. So all I have time. also, like, I grow my leeks for architecture because my leeks um, grow very high and have these big heads. But I only grow them because I love to look at the, the heads. The flower. The flowers. Amazing, the aren't they? And they stay and forever. tasty as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, very I know I'm, they're animal. still up. They're still up. So, and I, uh, yeah, I just love, so, so BBC Good Food magazine came along and they spent hours in the garden and I did a big feast for them so oh, that's nice. all so it'll be in the magazine next year beautiful and you'll see my sculpture <laughs> mind you it's a bit over the top I've had to take a piece away because it was a bit big <laughs> <laughs> it actually it actually took over the garden a little bit it's only a postage stamp but I love it that's really nice guys I'm going to open up to some questions does anyone have anything they would like to ask well I was going to ask when, when you managed to set up the cookery school how, how big a and that must have been such an achievement, and it's lasted really well, but how difficult yes. was it to do that? It was, oh, do you know what? It was so difficult. Um, I didn't realise what a massive task it was going to be and how difficult it was going to be. We nearly lost it. Um, two years ago, um, I thought it was going to go under um, because it was just the apprenticeship scheme actually changed. The levy changed. And the government changed the whole thing. It made it almost impossible for the little people like us to survive. Although that was where my bread and butter was going to be. But I never give up, ever. I don't take no for an answer. So I actually, uh, I, I sort of had got into conversation with somebody uh, at Hadlow College. 
and I went into partnership with them and we're in partnership now. The, the cookery school is the Rosemary Schrager Cookery School in partnership with Hadley College. And, they're and you're in Tunbridge Wells. In Tunbridge Wells. They're a massive in Hadley. They're a massive college. So what we're doing is we now have, we will have the Rosemary Schrager accreditation, uh, which is now being put forward, proper one, um, through Ofsted and everything. So we're going to, that is, it's all being done. We are already, I've been I've meeting with Ofsted, so they want to see delivery now, because we're now doing... We're now doing four and five NVQs, so which is really important. So we're taking on the higher level of the NVQs. Um, it was a real problem, but you know what? We've done it. We're way up now, and I'm past. I'm six years in May. I mean, we are. We're in there. As the last story, and then I'll let you eat. You need to tell me about Jordan because you wouldn't tell me before. Oh no, Jordan was amazing. I'll tell you about Jordan. <laughs> I was taken over by the tourist board. I went with Ben, back to Ben um, Dimbleby. So we went, we went out there, and he was doing something for Contadas, and I was doing something for them to promote uh, the food. So we had this wonderful driver, but my job, not Ben's job, my job was going to this cookery school, and uh, in Petra, and so we went and did all this stuff. Now. We had to chop something. And of course he saw me chop, the chef there. And he looked at me and he saw me chop. And he couldn't believe it. And then he started to give me more stuff. So would you do that? <laughs> I started to chop. Then he started to give me more stuff. By the third day, I had all the women in the village around me, all the women, seeing me chop. I mean, everybody. Because by this, I was doing the whole meal. I was chopping everything. When I left, I could not believe it. All of them bought me spices and herbs to take home with them. All of them. But they'd never seen a woman chop Chop, like that ever in their life. Because they really like a small knife. Yeah. I mean, I was doing... And I was quite fast in those days. and Not as fast as I used to be. I sort of slowed down my arthritis. But... I, 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 it was just so, but they literally surrounded. They could not believe it. I got to smoke my first shisha. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was going. The sentence was going. Yeah, I got, <laughs> I got a shisha. Yeah, I, I didn't see that coming. You didn't see that shisha coming. Well, I tell you, it was apple. I so, think. You know the traditional Jordanian dish. Do you all know what it is? I bet you do. It's about with the big hood, a big uh, pancake or bread over the top. You know what that is, I'm sure. You have a... They cook in, in um, yoghurt, lamb. Mm. Oh, actually, it's goat. Mm. Goat. They cook everything. Penis, the balls, the lot, the whole thing together. Seriously, all of it has to go in. The whole thing. And the head, the whole head with the eyes. So I have this thing. They put this thing, this big dish in front of me. Well, it had to be, didn't it? Yes. And it's about... It's about as big as the table, actually. And there was a... There was also... A bread. Now the head was sitting in the middle, and inside was all around was all the bits from the from the goat, and the all the bits, and also the um, pine nuts and rice, <laughs> so, you know, normal stuff and saffron. So you had this big thing. So and we were told we could only use our hands, of course. So we took our hands. And I had so to get my. They made me because I, for some reason, so I had to get my fingers into the eyes and take all the eyes out this is exactly that this is what they do this is the traditional this is a very celebrated jordanian dish and i could not say no 
But I'm sorry, guys. I loved it. Did you like it? I loved the eyes. I loved everything. So when I did I was slim to get me out of here, I was longing for them. I was longing for them. Give me some eyeballs. I said, I've had it. I've I've tasted penises. I've tasted eyes. I've tasted red balls. I said, bring it on. I can do it all. (laughs) Guys, let's say thank you to Rosemary for coming. Uh, Thank you for having me. much for listening to our latest episode if you'd like to join one of the next talks please follow us on social media at honey and co or go on our website honeyandco.co.uk we would really appreciate if you took some time and rated us at itunes only five stars please with a huge thanks to hester Kant for producing and the music is by the lovely alice russell thanks for listening bye felicia's Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.